What's up, everybody? It's Chris Stinman. You know that. <clears throat> hey, guys, it's Chris, and uh, ready for some We Are Live action coming up real quick. I just got to tell you about some people that make the show and all of our fun events possible. Come out. We got the $1,000 Karaoke Challenge this 3rd, 5th, 10th, and 12th of March. Very excited about that. Jack Daniels, Tennessee Apples, helping us put that on. It's going to be held at 1860's Saloon in the Game Room. So come out. You can win 1000 bucks. It's free to enter. You can sign up online through the Facebook event. Come out. Hang out. It'll be a blast. Other things happening. March 28th, Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey making target practice workouts. A very fun event if you've never been. It's our signature comedy show. I'll be hosting that. Uh, we've got eight comics plus one comic opening up. Our friend Jovan Bibbs. You're going to see some great matchups where people roast pop culture topics. Oh, man. St. Louis. A um, bunch of different stuff. And in the finals, uh, the comics have to roast each other. So always a good time. You can get tickets through Metro Ticks. Just search out Target Practice. Looking forward to that March 28th. Weekly comedy at Sophie's. That's uh, right here in Grand Center. 3224 Locust on the second floor. Weekly comedy series. Free to get in. Come out. Have some fun. Every Thursday, kicks off around 6 o'clock. Specials start at 4. Schlafly and Jack Daniels specials all night long. Other things happening. Oh, our friends at St. Louis Counseling Services. Mental Health Matters is their podcast. But guess what? They're a full-service counseling agency as well. Check out stlouiscounseling.org online for more information. Also, our friends at gatewaypowdercoat.com. Check out Gateway Powder Coating for the number one resource powder coating in the midwest also a couple big shout outs to all of you guys for checking out uh, last week's episode with jamie fritz we're going to have a full schedule lots of great guests here in the uh, coming weeks months forever right uh, so be sure to support all those who support us and big thanks to tech electronics for the studio love and uh, plenty to get to but uh, enjoy the show uh, what's up guys it's chris and we are live one-on-one -on -one today with jeremy essig he's headlining helium comedy club right here in st louis in the garage all weekend long what's up man hey buddy how are you doing great good to see you it was funny too we talked about this a little bit but so the way this works is helium's publicist who's based in another city, contacts me, hey, do you have time for so-and-so? Uh, let's get them in at this time, part of press. It sells tickets. She hits me up, and it was just really funny because I know our guest today, Jeremy Essig, uh, personally for a little while now, and she's like, hey, do you want to get Jeremy Essig again? <laughs> so that was my – I was like, oh, Jeremy's back in town, and I, I told you this already, but I was like, yes, I will have yeah. comedian, comedian Jeremy, Jeremy Essig, Essig yeah. who last yes. I saw, we were all on stage singing We Are the World. Exactly. At, at a show we did. Southtown <laughs> Pub. Southtown Pub, rest <laughs> in peace. Gosh, man. So you're in North Carolina now. Yeah. What's – wow. So let's back this up. So – You've lived here. You lived here in St. Louis for a while. Comedian, musician, audio engineer, writer, uh, music journalist, M music journalist. Yes. Uh, college professor at Webster. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy. This is this is enough. What else? Uh, I mean, I, that's a lot of jobs. That is. That's like seventeen. And you've recently moved out to North Carolina. Yeah, in uh, September of last year. And where are you based there? Uh, Raleigh. 
How's Raleigh? Raleigh's amazing. Yeah? Uh, yeah, it's, um, so I went to college in Winston-Salem, which is about three hours away okay. at Wake Forest. And so we used to go to Raleigh every once in a while. So I have a lot of friends there, but mm -hmm. there was a guy who used to own Goodnights before Helium took it over. Okay. So I didn't work for him ever. So then when Goodnights took it over, I hadn't been to Raleigh in... I don't know, seven years. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is, what happened to this? Because it used to be like a really small, I mean, it's a capital, but it, like, it right. used to be a really small city. And then it like just, quaint. Yeah. yeah, like now there's construction everywhere. There's buildings going up, a lot of like tech people. Um, so it's like a very different city. So there was a point at which I was flying down there once a month, be it right. for comedy or sometimes I'd just go for concerts or whatever. And then it was, there was just a point where I was like, well, this is, becoming ridiculous yeah. and i know people here and it's closer to helium's home base in philly right so like it's a direct 50 minute flight that costs me about 200 bucks to get to philly where from here it was 500 had to go through atlanta took up the whole day so right. like i can just go up to philly and do something and then uh fly home so yet you're here again you're helium all weekend you're here again garage. yet <laughs> you're, you're here, here again here he is jeremy great but so you're a stand-up and you headline but you also are in charge of helium's audio how, how do we put this so you you're the you're the head audio director. I'm, what, yes, what? I'm. I guess that would be audio director. I was gonna say tech, but I like director. Yeah, that sounds better. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, all of Helium's AV stuff, and then I run the record label. And there's six locations, seven locations. How many? Uh, six. Six locations. Yes. So you do that, and then you've recently just started. So you run the record label. Uh huh. What is that like being? playing both sides of the field, being an artist and being part of a record label where you probably, you have to make tough decisions, right? Yeah, I, th it's, I think it's actually really helpful yeah. um, because having done this, especially for so long, like I kind of know having, I mean, this, the album that I'm going to record in April will be the fourth one I've done. So I've mm -hmm. been on the other end of, you know, labels not getting back to me. Why is my release screwed up? Good point, y you know, yeah. we told you, we were going to focus on your album. We ended up releasing five other albums on the day of your album. So we don't care, wow. you know? So it's, I think that's been helpful. And also just, I mean, just, I'm not speaking of any specific person, but knowing the insanity that can be comics sometimes of, you know, it's actually, it's a, it's crazy because I, I see, uh, I'm not nearly as long as, as you and not the same, I guess, um, viewpoint that you have being a comic yourself. But I've it more and more you do start to realize you're like, oh, like these these people in general can be a certain way, yeah. Because and that's probably what drives them to do comedy too. But yeah, it, it is interesting. But it's good to have that mindset, knowing what kind of animal you're dealing with. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, it's you know, especially doing this for so many years and working with comics, and especially when you're coming up, like you're opening mm -hmm. for someone and you realize pretty quickly, like this is their show and they can throw you off this show if they want to. Right. So you learn a way to deal with people to kind of, I don't want to say like stand your ground because that's the wrong phrasing, but like, you know, not be completely pushed around, but yeah. in the same sense, respect their, you learn how to flexible. phrase things at flexible. Right. So I think it helps running the label with that too, of knowing like kind of how to go like, oh yeah, no, I know you want the album to come out on date X, but you didn't get me the art till four days before date X. So we cannot put it out on date X. Um, so instead, but finding a way to phrase that in a way yeah. that sounds more positive instead of just going, 
hey, you didn't send me the art, so this is on you. You know what I mean? You right. can't really, that's just rude. That can blow things yeah. up. So, okay, so I, I find this to be really interesting because I think it's a smart move by you guys to do that. And with your capabilities, it's a unique move, right? Yeah. So you're a comic who can also do audio engineering and you handle all these clubs. How did the label come about? And then who was the first uh, album that you guys put out? Um, so it was, I had the idea. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, there were just some things with my last album I wasn't super happy with, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so then I was kind of like, well, once I kind of, you know, especially when I had my studio here in St. Louis, I was mm -hmm. like, well, I can just do this. And then I was like, but I don't, I'm not someone who likes to reach out to people and go like, right. can I do your album? Like I totally, I, I guess it would be like, if the way they do baseball now, where like they don't, you know, like the Tampa Bay Rays, they don't really have a starter. They have like a guy that pitches two innings, then a guy that pitches like, you know, another two innings. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm that second guy. Yeah. Like I'm real good at getting in and like talking to you once, but I'm not someone who's like, do you want to do an album? Like yeah. I just feel really uncomfortable. You're not, yeah. I, I sales and relationships yeah. is all I do all day long. And it is different because it's funny because people don't realize it. It's extremely difficult and it is a skill set to do that outreach, whether it's trying to get somebody to sponsor something or even just starting a conversation and people taking you seriously. Yeah. Right? Well, that was, so I, you know, I thought like, and I've, I've always had a really good relationship with Helium. I like the, you know, the talent that they work with. So I just kind of reached out to Mark Grossman and mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, yeah, let's see what happens. So we kind of, <laughs> you know, I wired up all the clubs yeah. and uh, the first album we recorded was Chip Chantry. Okay. Who will be here Next week, actually, oh, wow. uh, opening okay. for uh, the Beth Stelling, maybe. That sounds right. I don't. Yes, I think that's right. So that's his was right. the first one we recorded. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, kind of from there we've done. Um, I think we have eleven out right now. Eleven. Eleven. Wow. I have five more that are finished and yeah. just you know are slotted for release for promotional reasons. Right. And then we have another at least seven to 10 that we have booked for this year. That's fantastic. So how does that work? Is there, do you have input on who you want to record? Do you just literally just run up the chain and say, hey, reach out to these people I'd like to? Are these people up and coming as in they're going to be feature level and doing some headlining? How do you, I guess, decide who's going to be on that? It's been, uh, that's been really great because it's mm -hmm. been, I feel very collaborative both between myself and Mark and the other people at Helium who work in booking. And I don't mm -hmm. know if they want their names out there, so I guess right. I won't say them, but, um, <laughs> right. you know, uh, but they deserve a lot of, but yeah. no, they deserve a lot of credit. It's, mm -hmm. you know, there've been a couple people that I'm like, hey, it'd be cool if we did this. There've been a couple people that Mark has called me and gone like, hey, we just had this guy in Philly or this girl in Philly. Like, I think we should do their album and then there's been input from uh the booking side of helium yep. where they they're like hey i've got a good relationship with this person i think you'd really like it like that's a hundred percent how um like we did sean Patton's album uh -huh. and i know sean personally but i would have felt completely uncomfortable reaching out to him <laughs> and that came from someone in helium's booking department they were like hey i think sean might be ready to do an album i really love sean and i was like they didn't even know i knew him and i was like oh i love sean Patton." That's like fantastic. so it's been very collaborative that way that's a really good way to do it if, if you're a comic and you're aspiring to get that album out on helium's record label what could you expect or i guess and this may be your department maybe it's not but you've put out albums yourself whenever somebody comes to you and says what can i expect from this like what's this going to do for me is this going to be a financial win is it about distribution i guess what is the the main advantage of doing something on a helium album uh well i mean it's a credit number yeah, one well right? yeah say a, a nationwide super successful comedy chain 
believed in me enough to put out an album. Yeah. That's a big thing on its own. I think, I mean, not to drill down too far into it, but because um, I'm not going to get into the financials. There are some reasons there, but I won't, yeah. whatever. Um, you know, the main thing is whenever we put out an album, uh, it's promoted throughout Helium's uh, chain. So, like, let's say you're a St. Louis comedian. Mm-hmm. We do an album with you. Well, Helium Portland is going to have on their Facebook and on their Twitter when, when it comes out, hey, so it's opening up to, I forget the number, Mark has it better than me, but something like forty to 50,000 people the day of your release. So That's that good. is a big thing. A focused group of yeah, people. Yeah, a focus. Yeah. You know, people that are looking Into for comedy. Into comedy. And, yeah. Yep. Um, so that's one thing. Um, you know, another is, um, you know, they look at, you know, they look at the sales numbers. So we've had a couple... I would say kind of like you said, people that could headline mm-hmm. still do a lot of featuring. You know, maybe they're not that well known for whatever reason yeah. where uh, they'll look at the sales and go like, oh, that person has people. For, like, I've got sales charts where I can go city by city. This is how many streams it's in this city. This is whatever. Okay. Down, so yeah. they'll look at that and they've gotten more work. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the third thing, we have a really good... Um, relationship with satellite radio uh which is where the financial comes in that's where like i and again i won't you know i don't want to put anybody's business out there but i've heard that and i've heard a it's super helpful if it's clean uh because there is a big market for that but then also it's actually insane to me the amount of money a comic can make on satellite radio as compared to the grinding of touring and all the hard work Mm -hmm. you guys put in but when I heard a few figures from somebody who's not, not I mean, not going to sell out everywhere they go, that was in, that was insane. I it, was really happy for I was happy to hear that. Yeah, it's really crazy. It's, you know, it's controlled. I don't, controlled maybe is the wrong word, but it's uh, directed through the government. So the government is what decides those pay rates, and yeah. that's where the checks come. So, like, when my last album came out, mm-hmm. it got pretty significant satellite radio play, and I was like, oh, because I didn't know either. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. oh, I just got this check. That's great. <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, like, so with, when we did those best of recordings that we mm-hmm. did throughout the chain, the first one's coming out in, um, early April. You did one here in St. Louis we did. too. Yeah, we did. And those are going to be compilations. So like, you'll have an album, the, you know, first track might be someone from St. Louis. Second track might be someone from Portland. Oh, that's awesome. Third track. And these are, and, it, and if it's all based on like the people from here in St. Louis, like that's, that's huge for them. Like that's a, that's a really good yeah. thing. Like, well, that was my idea was kind of like, you know, either let's say, you're, you know, hosting locally, maybe featuring occasionally. You want to get out on the road more, but you know, having done this as long as I have, that the money there is just, you know, you essentially lose money to go work half the time. You do, and it's like, and it's not getting any better, like, right? No. because every, and that's the problem too, because every person who's booked more than a few shows knows the rub. Like they yeah. know what you're getting everywhere. Yeah. So you can throw a number at them, and maybe they're going to, but. It, I don't know how you guys do it sometimes. Well, th- I mean, that's exactly it. So, like, my kind of thought with this was, like, okay, either you're in that position, so you're probably – you have a day job or a bartender, whatever. Mm-hmm. So we get you a little bit – you can get a little bit of satellite radio money. Maybe you can not work as many shifts, and you don't care that you're going to – wherever and losing money then you can go do that yeah or if you're on the other end if you are someone who i mean there was a period where i uh, was touring for three years without a week off because i had to financially i just had to and all comedy all comedy for three straight years 
and it was exhausting. And at the end of it, I was completely burnt and sleeping on couches, hotels. It was mostly hotels. Oh, that's okay. Okay, that's a little I mean, better. But just still. still, yeah, the travel. Yeah. And just and like so, if you're on that end of the spectrum, it's like okay, well then maybe you don't have to take all those weeks, you know, right. to uh, because you're making the satellite. Okay, it's worth. I can take a week off every month. And you're in what you, you guys are always chasing that carrot too, because you always do more, always do more talking to people that are just starting out up to people who have been headliners for 20 plus years. I do not envy what is, ex is, is expected of you all right now. And then now like you might as well be a video editor if you're a stand up comic, because okay. it is super, <laughs> it is, I, I, we do, we have a studio here. It is expensive to cut video and to do it right and to make it look right. And, Andrew Schultz has now <laughs> made every comic ever think that they can be like, well, gotta put it on. And it's so helpful, but at the same time, like, I don't know that everybody's gonna have time for that. Or the, I, I guess it's just, it's no, well, overwhelming. It's, it's time, it? and it's also, it's like everything in this business, really. There's a uh, law of diminishing returns yep. as to which, okay, you know, someone like Andrew or whatever, they're they did that and it's like oh that that was really great for their career also also paired with he's in new york he does all these other things and he happened to jump on joe rogan at a really good yeah. time too like there's a lot that goes into that sure yeah. but now i mean even my facebook feed it's like oh it's just comic after comic after comic after comic with a video and you know and i mean i this is also i think something you learn in this business maybe too late i luckily had greg warren kind of uh act as my big brother when i started who was like nope Nope, nope. No, and you know, when I was young and I was like, man, screw you. Like, yeah. I'm doing what I, and he would just be like, no, no, you're not. Like, it was very <laughs> like that. But I think, you know, you see a lot of people too. You put all that video out there yeah. before you're ready and then it kind of haunts you. You know, mm. I, I mean, this is a, uh, this is a, it's not exactly the same story, but uh, when uh, Rooftop Media started, mm -hmm. uh, they had a camera in the Funny Bone and that was their only club that they had it at first and they um so they would tape open mic the initial idea for rooftop was we're just going to tape open mics around the country which my thought was like no one wants to fuck whatever but yeah. anyway like <laughs> but anyways so you know i always had this policy at the funny bone in my own head that was like you know i headline here so if i'm coming to open mic i'm not going to like bring out the hits you know what i mean it's yeah. like i'm going to work on new stuff and if it doesn't work who cares i right. work here who cares yeah so rooftop was taping that and putting it up every week and some of the sets were good and some of the sets were absolutely terrible but they even told me they said man we really like that every time you come in you have new stuff and i was like yeah who cares like who's watching this right so cut to uh, a couple years later i had a manager and they were pitching me for something on comedy central and he goes hey i just got this weird thing back from them because we were like pretty close and i go what's that and they go she said, yeah, I know who that guy is. I've seen a bunch of his stuff on Rooftop. He goes, what does that mean? And I was like, oh, no. Oh, wow. Like, you know, I, I guess, you know, you're watching it without context. And it's like, this guy just goes up every week and kind of says stuff. And it's <laughs> half-baked and, right, like, right. not defined punchlines. And I was like, oh, that's a bad, bad thing. Yeah. So I think, you know, when you're – and, you know, that's a little different. But, I mean, I think – that is the thing with comics. Like, you don't necessarily know. Like, we've had uh, people suggested to us for the label right. that I've been like, okay, I'll go check out their video. And it's like, you don't know what video I'm finding. You know it's what I mean? So like, it's true. just like, I, I don't look, I, and I don't mean this at a slight, I don't have time to go through every one of your videos. No. I'm going to type your name into Google and watch the first thing that comes up. 
I'll be honest, like people will hit for our little shows or whatever we do. Like I'll have people like, Hey, here's a video. Blah, blah. I'm busy. Like I work yeah. eight to 12 hours a day. It's crazy running around and we do these shows that are fun and all that stuff. But, and I take them serious. Like I try not to put people up that don't, you know, whatever, because sure. there's an audience, but at the same time, I'll be honest, like I'm going to go for a recommendation before I'm going to watch somebody's video. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to trust somebody sure. else. I do watch videos. But I can't imagine someone that had to do that, like a booker at a club. Oh, God. I can't. I see, I'm friends with a few bookers on Facebook, and I'm just like, I just sit there and I see them post, and I'm like, they. I bet they get, I don't know, 20 submissions a day. Like if it's a big club. Oh yeah. Right. Like oh, and easy. they're kind of a known person. Easy. At least, right? And then. It sucks because you can't fault the comics for doing that either. Like, I'm not mad at the comics for doing that, but, like, whew, it's a lot. Oh, no. we. Uh, I mean, I started in 2000, so this was back in the time where people would still have to mail, physically mail, VHS so tapes too, yeah. or, you know, DVDs. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I remember sitting in the offices of Go Bananas because I started in Cincinnati. Okay. And just seeing every day this like stack of packages stack and my friends them. work and they're like, I'm not. This is a, no, a And thing. you know, and then eventually, it, I mean, I hate to say it, but it would often become a hate sport. It would be like, oh no, I'm only watching this to see the worst of the worst. <laughs> like the tapes I saw when I was starting, my yeah. favorite, this was in Cincinnati. Uh, this kid rented out the club during the day. He's like, I want to tape my material. And uh, my friend Mikey, who were, he's like, yeah, whatever. So, uh, and he didn't go down there. He's like, well, the kid paid for it. I don't care. And so <laughs> this is like a couple months later. He's like, you have to see this. And I was like, all right. So it's that kid's tape. No and audience? They, he, oh, oh, better. <laughs> he puts the tape in and it, you know, starts with a set shot of the guy straight ahead on stage. Yeah. And then he hits his first punchline and there's a pan to the audience but it's like a high school cafeteria, and it's just people laughing. And my friend Mikey looks at me and he goes, does he think I don't know what my own club looks like? <laughs> he sliced in Yeah, he sliced footage? in. Oh, there were so many of those. Like, I, there was another guy. Um, this was when I was living in Minneapolis. We watched this tape where he was basically behind, like, a black screen. Like, yeah. you up here in his house. Clearly his house. Yeah. And then it would cut to the laugh, and it was a giant theater. <laughs> Love this. There are these this... legendary tapes, uh, which unfortunately I lost in my divorce. Not yeah. like Sorry part of the divorce, that. but it was just in a box. It was it was legally bad made comedy to volumes like one through four. It was made by these guys that worked in the booking office in Minneapolis, oh and they would like the thing. It was just you know one guy had put uh, a bed sheet behind him, and he's like his cats running through the video, like just such... phone rings. In the oh background. yeah, yeah, just yeah. amazing, amazing. Cut to a theater full of people yeah. dying laughing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that see, this is why you're here. This is the stuff I need to hear, and these are the things that people need to hear. Quick reminder: Jeremy's at uh, at the Garage Helium all weekend long. Guys, go check that out. Um, curious about. Gosh, so you started in 2000. I know a few headliners you've worked with. Um, I guess the difference between someone who's, is it, I'm trying to articulate this correctly. So you've worked with some big names. Sure. Um, you yourself have been doing comedy since 2000, very respected. Headline yourself. What is the difference between somebody that's doing shows at your level and then somebody that's like, you've worked with Brian Passane a lot. Sure. What's the difference in that? Is that the TV, the acting side of things that jumps up those the career? Because 
people people respect you. Like it's not like he's not funny. He's not sure. going to do this. What's the difference between somebody at your level and theirs? Um, you know, I think you know part of it is credits, and I you yeah. know, but I think Brian's a very good example of mm-hmm. he. There's a his audience is defined. Very. You know what I mean? I mean, it's been kind of funny actually working with him in the kind of while big while he was doing those spots on Big Bang Theory because and he even said it he was like you know there were people that just knew him as his character Bert and they What's didn't that? I've never seen that show uh, neither have I and that's insane I yeah he's yes but no I mean the best was uh, my friends that own Felix's yeah I was in there and the, uh, one of their moms sometimes works the door mm-hmm. and she came up I was sitting at the bar and she came up and she goes uh she goes uh hey do you uh you still work at Helium, right? And I go, yeah, you know, I do shows over there. And she goes, um, she goes, this guy's coming. I really want to see this guy. And I'm like, oh, I wonder who they're having that like a six-year-old woman would want to see. Yeah. And she pointed at Brian, and I go, <laughs> I go, how do you know who that is? Secret Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, fan? and like, she goes, oh, happened? I just love him on Big Bang Theory. And I was just, you know, I always think That's back great. to Rogan's first album, which mm-hmm. you know I think came out right when I started doing comedy, like 2000. Was that the Jihad one or something? Or it was before that. Okay. It was it was before he. It was right after he had just gotten off news radio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And his opening line is like, "If you guys are expecting to see Joe the Electrician, you are at the wrong show." <laughs> Um, and that yeah. always, I always remember that. So, I mean, you know, I think, you know, a lot of it is just defining your audience. And right. I don't know, I think if you have, when you talk about credits or TV mm-hmm. shows or whatever, that helps that. You yeah. know, we had a pilot uh, shot for a show that I was supposed to do that uh, almost got uh, picked up and didn't. And I feel like if that had gotten picked up, that would have defined the audience. Another level. It would have, you know, but uh, so be it. Still plenty of time for pilots. Man, that's a, with TV stuff, that's an interesting thing you hear of all these people. A network will spend I'm multiple millions of dollars like on a pilot film, however many episodes, and then they're just like, hmm, not this nah. time around. We'll keep it and sit on And they don't even like give it to the people who make it or anything. They just sit on it. Oh, yeah. Well, that's I mean, they insane. do that with records, too. That's yeah. uh, my... Uh, Oh my so God! Can you imagine if you? Mm. Oh no, that's uh, oh. so. Uh, the story I, I've always been intrigued by the story. Juliana Hatfield, uh, mm-hmm. her I guess it was going to be her fourth album. It was called God's Foot, and they just said we don't hear a single. Go back and write a single. And she said, "I'm like this is the album. I don't have you know." And I'm paraphrasing all of this. Yeah, it's okay. not like I was in the room, <laughs> but uh, and they go, "Okay, never mind. That album is still sitting somewhere. This was recorded." you know, 95, 97, right. it's still sitting in a vault somewhere. And I read this interview with her where she's like, yeah, I'd love to release it. I can't afford to buy it back from them. Oh, my God. I mean, you hear these nightmare stories about that where people get into these situations because I, especially a comic, that is your life's work. Yeah. Like, it's just in there and it's, it's frozen. Yeah, I mean, I the only it. thing I would say, or at least the way we do it with, um, with our comics, is generally comedy, whereas like music... Like all the all my bands, like uh, like I own the publishing. Yes. Um, there's, you can't really. There is not really any publishing for comedy, right? Because it's not. You can't necessarily break it down into notes and whatnot. It's mm-hmm. like I mean, you could probably. And not that anyone cares about copyright law or whatever, but like you could just go like, oh, that's the bit you own. Well, now I'm throwing a second and in there. Now it's mine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's it's a little different. At least like when we do it with comics, it's like yeah, like we are the copyright owner, which means we own the physical recording of this. Yeah. You could also go out tomorrow 
and do the exact same set and re-release it as your own, and we would have no control. You know, that's so true, th yeah. I mean, that's the only good thing with comedy as opposed to like music, where you, you know, often, especially young artists, you sign away your publishing, and then they're just like, nope, our stuff. See, ya. And, I mean, it's amazing to me to think about like this album's been sitting around for twenty years. That's incredible. just really. I mean, I'd buy it. Just right. release it. It's done. Let's figure but, it out. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just so funny to me. But yeah, that. So it is sad, but at least, I guess, with comics, or at least how we do it, it's like, yeah. oh, you're not happy with the album? Well, just go re-record it tomorrow. Like, we're good. <laughs> you like, can no figure harm, it no out. foul. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, that makes sense, too. So, all right, before you get out of here, <clears throat> um, more stuff on the road. I'm always curious um, for audiences. Do you feel, or is there a noticeable difference in ge geography, wherever else? Are there places you absolutely hate to perform and then are there places where you hear, like, I know you were in Kentucky last mm -hmm. week. I've been there with our friend Ian, who yep. you were just there, Ian Bag, And then I was there when uh, with Preacher Lawson. We did, like, a video thing all sure. weekend. And I love that place. Yeah. And Lexington. Lexington's awesome. It's so nice. It's pleasant and all that stuff. And it, it could also be, like, listen, I'm sorry. If you get to hang out with Ian Bag for a weekend, like, seeing him do all of it the way he works. Yeah. It's fun. Preacher's super fun. Upbeat. All that. So I also take that into account. I'm in love with that place, yeah. but then there has to be the exact opposite of that, too, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, Lexington's a good example, and I mean, I'll even, um, you know, you have these cities, and you go like, oh, this place is super great. Mm -hmm. Drive an hour uh, down to, I'm not going to name the town in Kentucky, where I had to do a show. It was absolutely awful, and you're really? just like, but Lexington's, it's an hour. <laughs> They're like, cool. It's, it's right, I mean, yeah. every city, you know, I think has its thing. I don't... I feel like uh, Shreveport, Louisiana was terrible. I, I'm I'm comfortable saying that. I, I think that's fair. Um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, there are variances. Like yeah. what I think sometimes like a St. Louis crowd is looking for can be vastly different than what a crowd in Portland is looking for. Right. And, and then you get into breaking it down a typical St. Louis crowd or a typical yeah, Portland exactly. crowd. Go to independent shows in St. Louis. And if it's in one area and then you drive 10 minutes mm -hmm. it's another they're expecting two totally different things oh and i've even had that you know uh there have been times where i've uh been opening for brian somewhere yeah. and i'm like this place is awesome yeah, and yeah, then, yeah actually i'll even tell the first story so we were in uh this casino um outside of hartford connecticut okay uh, i think it's oh like the big one that everyone yep, does yeah like yeah, the yeah. giant one people from new york yeah. come to so we were there and i was with him and boxwood yeah uh, well, yeah. I think it was Mohegan's son. Mohegan, okay. Two. Yeah, 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 okay. And uh, I was with him, and full crowds, crazy crowd, crazy good crowds. One of those weeks where, like, I felt like I can get away with anything on stage. Yeah, I can say whatever. <laughs> They're just ready to party. And yeah. so the the guy who owned the club uh, was like, "Oh my God, such a great week! Like, we got to have you come back and headline. You got to come back and headline." And I was like, in my head, I was like, "This is Brian's crowd. There's a comic book convention going on right now." Like. <laughs> I, you really, he padded it for you. Yeah, yeah I was like, like this is a soft I think landing. if you bring me back, this probably isn't going to go like this. <laughs> right, I doubt right, it. Right. So, yeah. um, so, but he, like, I was, you know, you stayed in the casino and he would call me every, because he'd be like, here's my email, let's do a date right now. And yeah. I was just like, okay, I kind of, I kind of know how this is going to go and it's nothing mm, personal, but, yeah. and so he just kept, he would call up to my room and be like, hey, when are we going to do a date? Why haven't you sent me an email? Why? And so it was like, he wasn't being pushy. I'm sure in his mind he was yeah. like, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm giving this guy this opportunity. Probably great money. Yeah, yeah. no, it was really yeah. great money. 
And, but I was just like, this is, I don't want to do that to you, but I also don't want to tell you, you don't understand your own business. You know what I mean? That's, that seems <laughs> right, like, right, right. you know, it's like when comics, I love this, when comics go to bookers and they're like, you book that guy, but you don't book me? Oh, you just told me I'm bad at my job. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, very um, polite. But uh, anyways, so I finally just acquiesced and took the date. And I came back a year later, and it was exactly what I expected. Oh. And not, you know, just old yeah. people in a casino who had lost a bunch of money. They're sure. in a bad mood anyways. None of my references are working. It's, you know, and yeah. I mean, the guy was super nice who owned it. And, you know, he paid me and, uh, yeah. you know, but he was just kind of like, well, it was nice to meet you. And I was like, yeah, of course. Of course <laughs> yeah. I'm not coming back Saw here. Saw how this was going to go. So, I mean, way. yeah, that's, so I've been in places too like that where it's like, you're like, this town's awesome. And then you realize, no, this is just every, you know, metalhead, record store person, yeah. comic book person right. came out this week. <laughs> Maybe 10 of them will come back to see me when I'm back. Right. But for the right. most part. Yeah. They're, they're checking that off as like, listen, that's a life event for some people. To yeah. see the guy that they love from TV. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. That's very big of you to know that. Because, it, it, again, talking about comedians, how that is a funny thing to me, um, all levels of comics, not just new ones, <clears throat> the lack of self-awareness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, like, totally. I don't think, I don't know. Yeah, but that, that's very And I think I know. definitely had uh, that lack of self-awareness when I first started. And I will give all credit to Greg. Yeah. Knocked that out of me real quick. Man. To where, I mean, he was never mean, but it was just like, like, at the time, I was like, this guy's such a jerk. But then, like, in retrospect, I'm like, ooh, I would have made a lot more mistakes. You would, too. Yeah. Young men are idiots, number mm -hmm. one. And then <laughs> just having someone to be able to guide you, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So to have somebody teach you, that's so huge. And I'm sure that still, like, carries it with you today. Oh, absolutely. Man, that's so wild, too. Um, in regards to different scenes and things like that, where do you think St. Louis is at right now? Because um, personally, I've been around it for four years now. About the same time we started our radio show and then mm -hmm. what has evolved into this, um, I was watching and it was about the same, the exact same time because I remember starting the show and I was listening to WTF and Mark Maron was like, hey, St. Louis is getting a helium. That's good news. I'm, I'll never forget that. And I started like looking around. I'm like, oh, this is pretty exciting. And the same time we started our thing, like all these heroes of mine that have been on, because I listen to podcasts yeah. all the time. I'm like, I could book these guys. I, I could talk to these guys. Oh, it's, it's happening. Right. It's happening. Because no, no offense to Funny Bone or anything else. It's just I just didn't know what – it was exciting to me. Sure. And I was new to it. But I've seen a ton of growth. And I like I see you're seeing people kind of rise and, and get better. And there's more opportunities. You have much bigger perspective. You've been all over. You've toured. You've worked with many different types of comics. As far as a scene, where do you think St. Louis is in right now? I mean, honestly, it's hard for me to, I mean, to comment on that. Like, when I moved here, mm -hmm. uh, the scene was or quickly became, it was myself, it was Greg Warren, it was Nikki Glaser, it was Tommy Jonigan, uh, Josh Arnold, who's now on Bob and Tom. Yeah. Um, there was, like, this, like, it was, like, people would come in here to Some do. Some heavy hits, man. Yeah, like, we, there was, there was honestly one or two years where we didn't have to go do Montreal showcases. Montreal people came here to showcase. Holy um, and then, you know, people leave and move and, you know, sure. unfortunately, like some really funny people like Matt Conti just decided they didn't want to do it anymore. Oh, um, so kind of when that broke apart is when I went on that tour for three years. And then to be honest, I don't, you know, unless like, you know, I'll do your show or whatever. I don't do a lot of local shows. So I don't 
feel that comfortable commenting. I will say that when we did sure. that best of taping, yeah. I was very impressed with it. You know, because ju you just don't see people for so long. And then you watch them and you go like, ooh, there has been some progress. You want to talk about self-awareness and all those things. Um, I learned real quick, and I'll credit uh, Chris Sear with this, uh, who... It's really fun. You guys' cadences sometimes match up. It's it's oh, really? like that. Yeah. In what you know, this whatever. One of those things. Uh, Chris here, uh, just like book shows or whatever. I would just write somebody off, or I would go see somebody perform. I'm like, oh god, like, and who the fuck am I? No. To, but, to say, but you know, whatever. I'm I'm doing what I'm doing, and and then you do see someone a few weeks later or a month later. Give it a year, and you're like whoa like who yep. is that like they've been working and like immediately feel terrible you know what I mean? but no, like but that's, i mean that's it you yeah. know there's um I, I was you know i learned this pretty early on just watching other comics it's like and i was i was quick to get work i got very i you know i was hosting within eight months of starting at a comedy club i was uh on the road middling within three years like that's i amazing, had a yeah. very like and, i mean it was also a different time in booking and uh, yeah. no one cares any but like what I learned pretty quickly, because I ran the open mic at Go Bananas, and I ran the open mic at Jokers, which is a club that used to be in Dayton. Um, and yeah, I'd kind of, I'd be like, oh, this. And what I learned quickly is like, okay, yeah, that person was terrible, and they don't need to get on every week or whatever. Right. But like, don't write, because you'd see people, they'd go off and do, and I was so, the scene scenes weren't like they are now, where there were like a bunch of independent shows. It was like, yeah. you show up at the club, maybe there's a bar if you know then you have to drive up to columbus for the next closest once oh. a week bar show so it was like but i would see these people and it would just be like oh they put work you know there's nothing yeah. more disappointing to me than seeing someone who's been doing it five plus years at open mic doing the same jokes they're still not working and then they like complain like well i'm just not getting anywhere and it's like yeah 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 that's not would you book you that's like... not going to get better like <laughs> right. that you know when you say like lack yeah. of self-awareness Whereas I think the best thing is like, you know, just I love watching someone where you're like, ah, that joke's like halfway there. Like yeah. that's a good idea that you're not necessarily executing right. Mm -hmm. And then you like watch them execute it right and you're like, ah, you figured it out. Did it. Like I yeah. mean, even myself, like there are some things yeah. I'm like, damn it, I know that's a good idea and I'm not doing the right thing with it. Well, and then in your line of work with this man, like you're going to always do that. You're going to be a 65-year-old man doing stand-up, learning. Yeah, you're yeah. you're going to be chopping through. You know, we do that. That is an amazing thing to watch and see happen. So, I, I'm glad you're impressed, though. Like that's it. I'm I'm excited because obviously you become friends with people and everything like that. But it's funny as someone who books a regular like show, um, I lost like six good people I could count on this year. But that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. my freaking I I it's crazy. All these people moved to New York. Uh, most people have recently moved to New York or like work stuff or whatever else. But I think that's a good thing, right? Yeah. That I mean, it shows are, progress. Yeah. 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 That's definitely. Uh, but again, too, I'm like, yeah. I got to get, get off my people. ass and yeah, go yeah, see yeah. people perform and stuff, too. So, well, cool. Jeremy at the uh, garage all weekend long. I'm excited to see that for Helium. It'd be like, a, yeah. it, they've got so much space. And once people actually like make it over there, I'm as bad about it as ever. I'm from the country. So if I'm not like visiting and relaxing at my parents' house in the country, I'm in the city and I don't leave like a five mile radius, oh, sure. right? Yeah. So Helium is one of the places I do go and highly recommend you guys go check that out. And what it is in the garage, we said the garage, it's the bar side. It's going to be a more intimate feel. Yep. And hopefully it's like a regular thing. Yeah. yeah they've, uh, I was telling you this before we started, but they've started, Helium started doing this in all their clubs where they have these like secondary 50 seat showrooms. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and they're really, like, I've really enjoyed those weeks. I mean, I'll just be honest. We've discussed this. Like, I can headline a Wednesday in the main room. Yeah. I'm going to maybe draw 50 people. That just feels uncomfortable. You know right. what I mean? A 300-seat room, there's 50 people in there. Maybe you'll get another 20 if they paper. Right. Whereas, like, you know, like, I just did their small room in Indy last yeah. year. And it's like, well, I've been working in Indy for years. Not a, you know, a ton of people. But, yeah, both of those shows were super full. And you're not like... Oh man, forty people showed up. You're like, yeah, yeah. forty. And that was a hot show. And they remember it too. Yeah, and they'll go follow you online, or they'll be excited about the next time because it is about that feel. It's not necessarily your performance that's yeah. going to dictate that. That look and feel and everything in a room can be huge, right? Yeah. So I'm hoping this uh, this continues here because I think it'd be really cool. Awesome. We'll go out and see uh, Jeremy at Helium this weekend again in the garage. Man, what a great chat. I really appreciate yeah, you coming good by. You. Absolutely. Anything else going on we need to know about? Uh, oh, I was just going to say, I'm bringing my friend uh, Peggy O'Leary into. She's going to be opening for me. She's from Philly. Oh, all uh, weekend. Yeah, great. she's really funny. So if you're uh, tired of me, she's really funny too. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks, Jeremy. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Great. Awesome. We are live, live, live. We are live.